Welcome to the Panoramic Outdoors Podcast, connecting you to all things outdoors. Welcome back to episode 163 of the Panoramic Outdoors podcast. Today we're going to be chatting with Chelsea Hansler about just the multitude of activities. I'll get to that in just a moment, but I want to acknowledge this episode is brought to you by iHunter, which is Canada's foremost hunting companion. Um, and we actually get to demo a little of that on the podcast this this uh, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to us. But that uh, we have a fun little iHunter conversation midway through, right there, Brennan? Yeah, it was kind of one of those happy, coincident, organic things with iHunter that uh, another person in a completely different province is using using the app. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a really good conversation with Chelsea. Be sure to tune in so you can listen to the cauliflower method and uh, <laughs> maybe pick up a new skill with iHunter. I know I did. So um, that was good to hear. I always love learning something a little newer or more in that in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's been... I haven't been out too much, but like, have you been busy on your end then there, Brennan? Or, or... Not, not a whole lot. Forever a slave to the Western work life, I am. Um, I like to live vicariously through you guys, of course. And uh, mm-hmm. well, you've been somewhat busy. You had a, a bird hunt last weekend, yeah? Yeah, I did manage to get out. It's been, you know, I got a different kind of busy back back in Manitoba here, but uh, I did sneak out for a, a waterfowl hunt. Um, we did okay. We got about like... Um, we got about 15 birds between three guys. So it was, it was a pretty good hunt, but like the, the highlight for me was that uh, we brought Willie out and uh, I, I am scared to say, but he might at this point in his life, he might be a better waterfowl dog at the moment than, than an <laughs> upland dog. Um, he started to watch the sky. Um, he started to go for direct lines on the birds. So like, it was like, as a as a dog companion or whatever you want to call me, I, I have a tar- hard time calling myself a dog owner because it feels like he gets the run of the house once in a while. <laughs> um, but to see him start to work in that fashion with like just and the drive, like things clicked and the drive was just high. He was whining like the whole time. He wanted a bird. And unfortunately, we weren't delivering <laughs> <laughs> every shot sometimes but you know like it goes that way some some days yeah, so that's right but it was, it was really exciting to to see come together and and just to be a part of so um it's it's kind of like the the next generation of bird dogs coming coming up the line mm-hmm. at this moment Heck so. yeah and those proud dog dad moments are uh pretty special yeah super special and i'm gonna try to sneak out fishing tomorrow so i'll keep folks posted on that maybe uh I heard the the Red River in Manitoba here is hot, so we'll uh we'll drop a line nice. and and see if we can hook into some greenbacks. Heck yeah, get some shore lunch going. Yeah, any fishing plans on? I think you might hopefully have some fishing plans like later this month at some point in time. <laughs> yeah, I hope to put a line in or two. And, and get something um actually april and i've been talking a lot i really want to get on some big crappie i like the crappie fishing in manitoba like we've really only well myself personally only made it to mary jane a couple times but honestly crappie and bluegill fishing those small 
uh, for the sunfish species are just awesome. I love them for yeah. fish tacos, and I'm, that's, oh, that's so my good. goal this fall and, and into the winter here to crush a whole bunch of those and, and get them for those small fish fries. They are a uh, they're a fun fish to to eat. I will give you that for sure. They got like this mm -hmm. really almost like sweet taste. Like they mm -hmm. I find them a little sweeter than like a walleye fillet. Um, I have not mastered like slapping them out or <laughs> at at any. Actually, it's the rib cage that normally gets me on on those like fat panfish. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I've got a little more work to do in that regard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the top down method, like from the top. Now that dad was always from the side on all all fish, but uh, April and I got a pretty good system on them now. Like where we're putting them up oh, nice. vertical and, and trying to trim them down and finding that rib cage line and then giving her that one little once through with the knife and it works pretty good for us. So I'll have to give it a yeah. shot. Mm -hmm. Like I said, always learning. Yes, um, wh what are you running for tackle or is that top secret? <laughs> nope, not a secret at all. Anybody and everybody should use very small jigs and uh not be yeah. discouraged um found with small species like that movement is key uh if you're on a smaller water hole obviously the fish go round and round in circles through their feed source you find it once they'll be back it'll just take some time so if you're if you've got the ambition and means to travel around a lake or a water hole that has these small fish in it i'd recommend just keep punching holes and putting down whatever's nice and small and bright mm -hmm. and i guess the here we're kind of at the the twilight hour of of uh open water fishing for the season so mm -hmm. be transitioning over to hard water soon too you prepping for that yeah <laughs> yeah actually um transitioning into the the hard water season always seems to be a challenge for us because we're just so interested in being in the boat but uh ice fishing's a, a pretty rad time um with the changing seasons here, like Harvester has a lot of stuff still for the fall hunting seasons and and fall fishing seasons. But getting into the nice stuff, you're going to want to check out their website and see what Sean's got going on. I'd imagine in the next month and a half-ish, they'll probably be transitioning pretty hard over to the uh, to the hard water tackle. Mm -hmm. And then when I was there two, two weeks ago, uh, there's still some large sales on the, um, the open water stuff. So don't be shy. Go... Go check them out. And I also want to just kind of like, I'm well, I'm excited for folks to stick around for this, this podcast here. Cause uh, chatting with Chelsea, we get into a few topics and some of them that we haven't always had the opportunity to, um, to chat with on this podcast. We talked a little bit of hound hunting, hound hunting with bears, which was pretty yeah, rad. Wild. Wild. Yeah. Um, and then also like some pretty fun moose stories and then painting wildlife, which is like, I think that's my first experience talking to like a wildlife artist. So I will put that notch in or that feather in my cap or whatever expression you want to use there. But that, that was really, that might've been the highlight of the podcast for me there. Mm -hmm. So without Gosh. further, go ahead, Brandon. No, no, just going to compliment again, how much of an amazing guest Chelsea was for us to talk to. Many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So without further ado, do we'll welcome Chelsea on the podcast again thanks for joining us hey folks want to welcome everyone back to episode 163 of the panoramic outdoors podcast tonight we have Chelsea Hansler on Chelsea welcome to the podcast thank you for having me yeah thanks for being here and uh where are you tuning in from tonight Chelsea just so folks get a sense of uh where we're talking to you uh, I am currently in North Bay, Ontario, um, but we live kind of between North Bay and Mattawa. Awesome. 
And um, I know you listen to the Tana podcast, so I'm guessing you know that the the five burning questions are coming up before we get into the kind of the meat yeah. and potatoes. <laughs> she answered those like so fast. There's no yes, way. Yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did. I overthink every question. <laughs> well, good news, bad news yeah. time. Like the um, Josh still holds the record for longest five burning questions at uh, I think about 45 minutes oh. so don't stress about that <laughs> so I'm good yeah. maybe yeah bad news is that we do like, change you like what is it I like to overthink uh everything so oh yeah like a simple question. yeah but well we'll give her a go we're here to chat <laughs> so that's that's the good part also so there's two good news items in there um yeah I can think of a few guests off the top of my head that we've had to maybe pull information from so um but uh <laughs> glad you're here to chat as well um the bad news is we often change the questions up so if you studied it's not going to be too much help um <laughs> sometimes that's better yeah yeah but uh i've got a couple here brennan if you uh want to reel off a couple i've got three if sure you can uh reel off the last two there that'd be great um but since sheldon's not here i have to ask this one for him anyways because sheldon always asks this one um, but if you had one last meal, what would it be? And what would you wash it down with? Ooh, see, that's a hard one because I love all food. <laughs> I have, I'm like the least picky eater in the world. Um, it can be a big meal. meal. Yeah. I don't know. I do like a good burger. Just, nice. Yeah. Like a homemade good burger. That's on top, off the top of my head, but okay. I'd be happy. What's, what's the condiments? On the burger, this has been debated um, in my household. Corn relish, no homemade way, corn relish, yeah, yeah. We make a pretty dynamite uh, corn relish, so that kind of goes on everything. Um, just whatever the garden's got, <laughs> mostly that's mm -hmm. kind of what uh, we throw on there, and I'm happy, yeah. You're doing relish right, I guess. We we do zucchini relish, but that corn relish sounds mm -hmm. pretty fantastic yeah i've done i've done zucchini relish too and that's really good um yeah. the corn relish i only kind of do it when because i can't grow corn at all or i can't either i don't know i'll get like I'm one like and six inches tall yep yeah, yeah or the one time i had them actually grow and then they finally just like got to like i don't know five feet and they all just toppled over <laughs> i just gave up i just trade things for the corn uh... from the farmers yeah <laughs> The way it used to be. Um, Brennan, you recoil that zucchini there. You're not a zucchini no, fan. No, no, not a zucchini or a squash fan. That was kind of a... What? Da Dad liked both of them, and everybody else in the house hated them both pretty bad. <laughs> okay, there is zucchini chocolate muffins and zucchini chocolate cake, mm. which, yes, I... Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll partake in those. I feel like yeah, that barely like... counts. It's a chocolate cake. You like every other cake. every other six year old would agree with me probably. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I eat a lot of it. My husband doesn't really care. Oh, it dirt for a second. It's all good. Actually, on the corn thing, April grew a a popcorn variety of corn this year for the first time, and it turned out awesome. She oh, made yeah. legit popcorn out of it. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. So just little cobs, yeah, I guess, in our little, awesome. in our little garden. I had seeds but... for once, but. Uh... Hmm. Popcorn's my vice. Awesome. So like, yeah, if, I kind of uh... gave up popcorn. 
If the apocalypse hits, I'm calling April first thing, I think. Yep. Well, uh, she's probably a good person to call during the apocalypse, anyways. Yeah. 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 <laughs> good point. Yeah. Uh Chelsea, just uh the side question to that. What uh what would you pair with the burger there to to wash it down? Sheldon would be mad if we didn't ask that second part. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, to wash it down. Uh we're we're mostly Coors light. Nice. Sometimes but I try not to. It's usually Jack Daniels and lemonade, to be honest. But oh, yeah. you go. sounds yeah, like Lynchburg. We, we don't partake in that very often. <laughs> it's a, that's a special occasion. Then I don't do hangovers very well anymore. Oh, okay. oh. Yeah. At this tough. age, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. They're not much fun anymore. <laughs> not that they're ever fun. No. <laughs> you know what? I don't mind them. It's the responsibility I don't like exactly yeah i think that's what it is is that there is no sleeping in or anything it's just the kids Mm. are there and ready to go and i'm not yeah (laughs) i think that's Mm -hmm. mostly what it is but yeah yeah that's definitely it 100 percent. i can attest moving on to more fun things um are you reading anything good these days or any uh recommended reading out there Reading? I don't have much time for reading. Well, I mean, I don't make much time for reading, I guess we'll say. Um, mm-hmm. Paint mostly in my spare, well, most of the time. And then if I'm not painting, I'm outside gardening or hunting or doing stuff. Um, I was reading one, where it was, it was a houndsman book. I tried to, I really, really tried to commit to actually reading a book, but I made it like halfway through. <laughs> I just, I couldn't sit still. It's not the reading. It's the like sitting yeah. still that I'm not great at. So, yeah. Uh, I, I can't even remember the name. It was. Oh, it was about Ben Lilly. He's like a famous houndsman. Uh, it, it was really cool. The, just the stories are nuts. But I, yeah, I only made it through halfway. <laughs> That'll be the next year. I'll finish the other half. Yeah. <laughs> Take your time with it. Yeah. I, I feel that too because I recently also committed to reading more and have not done that either Mm -hmm. but it'll happen one of these days but i also have trouble sitting still too so yeah that's the problem um i do listen to like pot or uh, audiobooks sometimes though oh nice Uh, yeah those are good for driving sorry those are good for driving oh yeah 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 i uh listen to uh uh gather parent that was a really good one Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it was a neat, neat perspective on parenthood and kind of like a different way of raising kids. And that was a cool one. Heck yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, and we will count audiobooks as reading on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listening. Technically. It says book in the title. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We're counting it. <laughs> All right. And my last one here is um, do you have a current jam or a current song? Mm. I am so bad with song names. Like, you can hum it. I'm very, well, <laughs> you do not want me humming any song. <laughs> you will want to take that out for sure if I start singing. Yeah. Um, any country song, basically. Um, I'm I'm a 90s country fan. I, that's, my, yeah. that's my era. So <laughs> that's yeah. what I tune into. Um, some of the new stuff, like the Luke, Luke Combs songs are good. Uh, there's another I'm so bad with names I don't pay attention to like 
famous people or anything so i just hear yeah. what's on the radio and i don't really pay attention i could probably sing it but um, yeah but yeah a lot of the 90s country you are yeah. like the the fifth guest who is like specifically cited like 90s country as they're like yeah it, it has to be but there's something about this podcast that attracts 90s country fans <laughs> girth well, brooks right spot then yeah <laughs> Garth Brooks descending from a ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can't yeah, go wrong. Right. It's a great era. Just explosive era for country music. <laughs> yep. Some Reba. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Reba. No, you can't ever go wrong with Reba. I still watch uh, the show keeps coming on every once in a while on like Paramount. And yeah, she actually had a pretty funny show back in the, well, not back in the day, I guess. Feels weird to say that with that old. I but know, yeah. but it was. <laughs> it was a good show. <laughs> yeah, no, we love that show. That's actually where yep. I got. Well, I kind of got my daughter's name from. So. Oh. Okay, I feel like we need to know that part of it. <laughs> I just like that show, and we were like arguing about what to name our daughter, our firstborn, and I like the name Cheyenne and. Oh, nice. Well, it was Cheyenne on the thing, and then we kind of spun it to Cheyenne so that we'd agree on it. And it's kind of how it works. Compromises. Yeah. Heck yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll keep going on the five burning questions here. I think it's my turn. We're in the last two here, Tristan, I think. Yep. Um, So, one I usually ask, uh, well, actually, yeah, I'll go to this one first. What I usually ask a bucket list trip anywhere in the world that you'd love to just bug out and go. Hey, drag hubby, drag the family with it, or just yourself. Where where in the planet would you like to go? That's hard because there's a lot. Uh, I didn't travel really at all as a kid, and I'm just kind of getting into that era of my life where it's like feasible to take kids somewhere. Or anyway, I went to Alaska with Tana in the summer, mm -hmm. and it opened my eyes to uh, the world. <laughs> getting out of Ontario. Um, <laughs> So that's been an eye-opening. I would love to go to New Zealand, mostly for hunting trips. I'd love to hunt like a red stag. Um, I could definitely go back to Alaska. There's a Heck lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think Tana said New Zealand, actually. I'm pretty sure. It'd be beautiful. Right, it'd be beautiful down there. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right. So we got one more. Um, we call it FU money. But uh, if there was an infinite amount of money that just dropped on your on your lap, you can't invest it and you can't give it to any family, what would you buy yourself? An airplane and a pilot's Ooh. license. <laughs> <laughs> and a pilot's license or a pilot? Well, yeah. I don't, really I, could do pilot. The flight. I don't know if I trust myself to be the best pilot. I get kind of get worse at driving as I get older, it seems. So <laughs> I don't know if I'd be a great pilot, but my husband would for sure be a great pilot. He's just that type but um yeah so Heck one yeah. way or another we're having a pilot and a plane and yeah i think that would be the the goal do you guys have a, like a strip back home like out in the woods where you guys live would you be able to fly um, and fly out if you guys had a plane? there's a little one there's actually a little private one in Mattawa. Um, okay. yeah so it's not it's not a big one but and there's tons of lakes you could do the whole float plane thing I didn't realize how much I like uh, planes till I went to Alaska and went on like a million of them. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty awesome. I feel like planes are the the mode of transportation up there. Are they not? Oh, it's crazy. Like no, every garage or every house we went to, they just had like a garage with an airplane. Like 
it's just like anywhere they go they just that's what they use it's wild it's neat different my grandpa actually had uh was a pilot and had a little airplane and i got to go up in it a few times as a kid but i was always scared when i was a kid and then so i thought maybe i'd be nervous in those planes there but in the bush planes but no it was awesome heck yeah um yeah and those bush pilots are some of the most uh interesting people you'll meet i feel like <laughs> oh yeah i could let like the the one uh older man uh alan that we did like our pistol train or handgun training we're in, I don't, you're in canada too right eh? yep. <laughs> yeah. so, thanks for throwing the a in there for a, a, yeah, i didn't was... even mean to do that <laughs> didn't even mean to do that but um yeah so like the handguns and stuff that was kind of like kind of new i did a little bit of that in the army but not very much so anyways alan taught us and he was like an older pilot and just the stories i got so caught up listening to his stories i think we missed like the next timing because we were just listening to all the stories he'd had and it was really cool <laughs> i'm gonna listen to him for like days we still probably wouldn't have told us all of it <laughs> cool. yeah that's that's yeah that would be definitely on my bucket list is heading up to alaska and checking out some of those the rugged scenery and just getting into the alaskan lifestyle up there yeah I, I just came back from a churchill trip in september and that was like that was just awesome to be up there and kind of mm -hmm. going at the the pace of churchill and those kind of things so i can only imagine what alaska would be like too yeah it was it was something else that's that's for sure i could live there 100 percent. it was just different but it was cool though because like i got to spend like a, i spent an extra day in anchorage um and it's still very like it's that was the city part of it and that was not not the alaska like i wasn't comfortable there that's for sure so i'm mm -hmm. glad that i got to experience like tana's life and what they do and kind of go out in the middle of nowhere and that mm -hmm. aspect of alaska i don't think you could go there and not see that part some people just go there for like the touristy things and in, in anger anchorage and i don't think that would be completely for me but yeah the way tana does it is pretty awesome heck yeah we we have a few things on the agenda tonight we have some like some hunting stuff we mentioned kind of like bear hunting moose hunting um mm -hmm. obvious obviously your painting and also really interested even just in the homesteading aspect kind of curious so like did you did you do all those things at the same time? Like, did that, have you always been a painter slash hunter slash homesteader slash, um, you know, dog, dog owner, or have you, how did you get started kind of with the, I feel like it's a lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I grew up on a farm, like I grew up on a potato farm. Uh, so like hunting was always kind of there, but it was always just kind of the men's thing. Like the guys would take a week off for rifle deer season and then my dad had like a hunting group that would go up to northern Ontario for moose hunting but it was always guys like girls it was never like on the table that the girls were going but I like started showing a lot of interest in it and I really wanted to hunt but I didn't really have a way to or a mentor or anybody so once I got I think I was 14 I asked my mom if she'd take me to get my license um, so I went and did that and then I came home and it was like deer season, right before deer season. And I was pretty sure my dad just like figured I'd sleep in like typical teenager and like didn't really believe me that I'd actually like wake up and go out there and sit in the cold. So I kind of, I just 
was like, hey, I need some camo and told me where it was. I was like, can I borrow a gun? And we were in a shotgun only uh, area. So I like asked him for a shotgun. He loaded it for me, told me how to pull the pull the hammer back when I got there and sat down and everything. And it was just like, I don't know, I kind of had to like fight for each step to get into the hunting, I guess, because it wasn't just like, I wasn't given that opportunity to go out with them. But yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. And then I met my husband when I was 15 um, and we started dating and he was a big hunter and it just kind of snowballed. And then, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that's kind of come about. We joined, like we, Matt joined the army. Uh, I followed him out east when I was 16. We lived out there for a few years uh, while he was doing his training. And I finished my, well, I did my high school credits on there and then online. Yeah, and then we moved to Petawawa, Ontario, where he was posted and I couldn't get a job or anything. So like, there's just not, it's a very small town. There's not much job, job opportunity. So I joined the military, um, did that for five years. And then once I had kids, it just all of a sudden all came like this realization that like, I want to teach my kids how to take care of themselves. I don't want them to rely on people. I want them to be able to to learn how to grow their food, how to hunt, where it comes from. I want to learn like how to fish, just all these things that I want them to understand. And if they decide to go a different way when they get older, that's fine, but they'll still always have these skills. Um, so that just became like super important to me when I uh, became a mom and I had like the kids pretty much back to back. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. I started gardening and canning. Um, I kind of was like exposed to all these things as a kid, but I just, it wasn't, uh, I didn't understand why, like it was just there. Like my gar my grandma gardened and did these things, but and my mom had a garden, but I never saw the relationship with like your food to, I didn't, it just, there was a disconnect for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to make sure I wanted my kids to have that connection. And then I just kind of went from there and we ended up moving to our hunt camp off the grid um just like impulsively he just woke up one day I was like I hate living here and we had some crazy neighbors and stuff and I was just like we, I, we had a lady like try to break into our house one morning and I was just like I'm done with this and we we listed it three days later sold it and moved to our hunt camp on a whim within two weeks <laughs> we're just wow like, we're out That's that's so crazy that I've always wondered about that transition. You know, like, I think you could say like every out, avid outdoorsman that I know would jump at the chance to just go off grid, quit, yeah. quit this cultural zeitgeist that we got going on here and just bug out to the woods. Yeah. So seeing, seeing how it works, like that transition, that obviously was pretty scary, probably, right? Like just drop it off grid. Yeah. It, we're, out. we're out. So that's just, it's, it's such a cool thing. And like I said, everybody would love to do it, but when you get the people that actually commit to it and hammer it out, it's it's pretty wild to see. And yeah, what you guys yeah, are doing is pretty, uh, pretty freaking awesome. People thought we were nuts, like friends and family. They're like, because they've been there and it wasn't like winterized. <laughs> uh, like an old log cabin. We're moving there in September. They Oof. know we're going to be hunting all of September. They know we're not going to make much time to actually prepare to do this. And they're just like, you're doing what? Like, there's no running water. Like, the oh. propane wasn't hooked up. Uh, like, it's it's still very much like that because we just don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. we're very simple, I guess. That's, that's simple as best. You know, going yeah. in in September, too, you know, you're 
you're out of a growing season already too so like wouldn't have the, the yeah. fresh vegetables from the garden unless you dragged them near your dang self but. i i did i i took <laughs> as much out of the garden as i could and i canned it the following week at the camp which was like a whole new challenge because i didn't have a stove so i'm like trying to like get turkey burners and like i'll set up the whole <laughs> thing but then i'm like oh i can't wash dishes and it was just like oh my goodness this is just being 20 times harder but <laughs> Just, and that's just kind of how it was. Like everything was mm -hmm. more difficult. Like just, I didn't have a bathtub to wash the kids. I'm like, crap, I gotta send them like <laughs> to school. Like they look like little cavemen children. <laughs> I can't send them like that. They're like, I can look like that because I don't have to see anybody, but they gotta go out in public. So I'm like, I had like a wash basin that I filled up and I'd like heat, drag water from the river and heat it on the wood stove and then get them all bathed up. And like, this was like four years ago now. So they were pretty small, yeah. but uh, yeah, we've kind of figured things out a little like better now, but we still like, mm -hmm. we, it's pretty basic. We don't have like, we still have an outhouse. It's pretty uh, <laughs> primitive. Heck yeah. Hey, yeah. If you're happy. <laughs> yeah. We just, whatever. We just yeah. go by the seat of our pants mostly. That's <laughs> fun. And the kids, uh, lots. <laughs> no kidding. And and hubby was fine, or hubby was on the same page with like picking up and and moving. That sounded like it was a quick transition. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he, everyone thought it was his idea because he's like a wild <laughs> man. He's just like he's just a wild man. I don't know how to describe him. So like nobody would even like question that like he could move to like like a I don't know a little cat or not even a cabin he could make a shelter in the woods and move there and nobody would be surprised like they'd be like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> that tracks yeah that's fine but like everyone everyone that knew me was like okay like they're never leaving because it was supposed so it I didn't have left out this part we had brought another property. That we had planned to build on eventually but we're like whatever we'll take our time like no big deal and then so we're like okay well maybe in the spring we'll start planning out building and then just as the time went on we just well it's been four years and we're still there <laughs> so i'm just like hmm. we've gotten used to it and we like it and we're like surrounded by like, I don't know how many thousands of acres of crown land. And then there's like 2.6 million acres of park below us. So, oh, heck yeah. 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 So there's like moose running through our yard and oh, bears. Sounds, and, sounds yeah. horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awful. <laughs> yeah. so I'll trade the running water for being able to walk outside and go any direction and walk for ever. And that, yeah, that's, that's where I'm happy. And not see anybody. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, goals come through, but that's about it. <laughs> can you obviously we're on like an audio platform right now? Can you set the scene for what the what the property's like right now? Um, it's pretty small. Like our actual like property where the cabin is is pretty small. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like I think it's like eight kilometers down like a logging road. So you're like you're out in the country and you're driving for a long time and then you're eight kilometers off a logging road and then there's just there's nothing it's just trees uh, a lot of old logging cuts that sort of thing and then there's a little red cabin just plopped down in the middle of it 
I think there's like three, there's one, another trapper's cabin that our friends have. And then there's one other uh, cabin on the lake that our other friends are at. And that's about it. But they're not there ever. Like um, our one friends will come in through the summer on weekends. And yeah, that's about it. But it's like a, I guess it was an old ranger station, the original cabin. So there's like, I don't know, I'm sure how, would it be like 20 by 24 or something like that? Oh, I, I don't know, I'm terrible numbers, but um, it's the old ranger station, I guess, that they used to use because they used to, there's like a little town back in Algonquin Park and they used to log back there and they'd use the train that runs through the back and get the logs out. And then at one point they built like this little road in there to the town, but it used to only be accessible, I guess, by train. So huh. kind of a neat spot. Heck yeah. Do you have a... Do you have somebody clearing the login roads? Like, are they an active FSR login road, or is it like a best effort? And um, well, so they were lot. They hadn't logged that one. I think in like eight years, so they hadn't mm. been really doing much with the road at all. Um, and then my husband's like incredibly resourceful with mechanic type stuff, and he somehow stumbled upon buying a grader that wasn't running. <laughs> Definitely so even grader. Yeah. He, yeah, so he's got like a fleet of machines to just like maintain this, but I think he secretly just loves it. Um, but anyways, he got this like old, old grader going again. And yeah, yeah that's what he, like he, he grade the road and everyone can't believe like how nice it is now. But <laughs> And then we just have a tractor. We have to plow. Um, when we used to use the camp just in the winter, we just snowmobile in and make like a trip out of it. But now like, we need to get in and out a little more mm -hmm. easily in the snowmobile. So he, uh, yeah, he just plows it with uh, the tractor. We, you'd hinted at, uh, or you shared with us a few lessons just around like the needing to adapt to the the water situation and stuff when he first moved in. Where in the four years there, have there been any kind of lessons um, that you've learned as as you've grown into the into the cabin? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> he, well. There was a few, so we like set up, we had a couple different like water setups, but I mean, we really like half-assed it. We didn't really put much effort into any of it, to be totally honest. <laughs> um, so the, we had like a, we got our friend to build like fat or plastic well, this like holding tank in the cabin so that we could pump water into it. And then we could like use that through the winter to the sink. Uh, but then the, we went left on our moose hunt and when we came back, the, what was it? The pump that we were using to pump water up broke. And then oh. it was just like, it was stupid cold. And we just didn't want to deal with it. So we just, we just hauled water from the river all winter, but it was, which wasn't that big a deal, except I, it got so cold that the, the river froze over, which it does normally. Cause it'll, it's always moving. Um, which that sucked. That was a lesson. Just don't let the river freeze because <laughs> then you got to chop a hole in it every time you need water. And then just, yeah, it wasn't much fun. Made dishes and just normal things like a pain in the butt. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's all become so normal that I forget how strange it is. Like the first time we took the kids to a hotel after, I don't know, we'd been at the camp for a while. And they're not used to like where you have a generator that we plug in to just like charge up some stuff and keep like the freezer cold and then it's off. So there's like no background humming or anything. And we took them to a hotel. 
my son woke up out of bed and he's like, what is that? And it was just the fridge clicking on. And he was like, so weird. Because he was like, like, that's just power. It's okay. <laughs> it's electricity. Yeah, like it's fine. <laughs> or they forget how to like turn on like, like light bulbs. Because all of ours are like old school or they either, either have like a, like just like a pull switch or mm -hmm. they're propane or you have to like spin them. And uh, so they forget how to like turn the light switch on because they just don't ever have those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what other lessons. Yeah, just things lost in time, <laughs> right? Like even my my boy there, answering machines, it blew his mind. He's like, you mean like it's different from voicemail? I'm like, well, kind of, but like yeah. we used to make goofy recordings with their parents and yeah. answering machines. Like it was a whole other recording device. So obviously it's not the same as like light switches. Yeah, guys, but so yeah, it's funny watching them be like, oh God, yeah, no, that's, uh, we're old. Yeah. yeah. Are they going to see like a phone with a cord on it? And <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously yeah, you I play with it while you're talking whole... to your friends. Yeah, exactly. No, the whole thing has just been like at first it was a big adjustment, just kind of getting used to it because everything like cooking on the wood stove that took mm -hmm. me a long time to master. But now, like, you just have to prepare. You just, you don't, we didn't have a microwave mm -hmm. or anything. So, like, you have to make sure you take the meat out and then you have to like get it going like hours before it needs to be ready and just simple mm -hmm. stuff. But once you get into the routine, like, I don't, I don't know. I love it. It wouldn't what, change anything. What's, yeah. what's the best wood stove dish that mm -hmm. you can whip up, do you think? Um, Everyone likes the chef. I'm a pretty basic cook. I keep everything like very meat and potatoes and vegetables, like very simple. I don't make anything elaborate. Um, everyone likes my shepherd's pie. Mm. It's good. It's just pretty boring to me, but the per it's perfect time. I usually actually we usually use a lot of bear, so I guess it would be bear sh shepherd's pie. Cool. Heck yeah. If you're listening to this episode, we know you love local, and so do we. That's why we're going to encourage you to check out your local co-op. Co-op is in over 600 communities across Western Canada with over 2 million members. Co-ops are a member-driven organization that serve the local community. You can check out co-ops for all your food, fuel, home and construction, as well as agricultural needs. A membership costs you $10 to get in, and you're going to see that back in equity. You don't need a membership to shop at Co-op, but you'd be missing out on all the equity and most importantly your say and how that company runs. For groceries, if you want to shop online, you can check it out online at shop.crs and select markets. There's hundreds of local products sourced and packaged all across Western Canada and even free cookies for children in store at the deli counter. If you're looking at a home and building experience, they have local experts available to help with any plans, large or small, and free home and garage blueprints available for online download. Their gas stations are not just a great place to stop for fuel, but also for snacks and a recharge. They're available all across Western Canada, voted the cleanest bathrooms, they have full service at most locations, and car washes at most locations. On the egg side, Co-op's been in the business since 1930 and has continued to lead the way in not just energy products needed for seeding, harvesting, and everything in between, but also in the growing inventory of high-quality products, including crop inputs and feed that co-op manufactures and distributes. 
Co-op's private label production selection is growing every year, providing growers with the high-quality products they expect from the name they trust. Co-op also offers a range of fuel, lubricant, and propane products, and also provides farm buildings, grain bins, bulk fuel, fuel tanks, livestock equipment, fencing, and heaters. Wherever you are, be sure to check out your local co-op because they have it all. It, uh, it's perfect time of year for shepherd's pie, too, I figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially after you get home after a cold hunt or something like that. Well, that's kind of what it was because, like, we'll have friends come up a lot. And I'll usually have to leave early. Like, if we're out running the dogs with, and they're bear hunting, I'll usually have to leave early and pick up the kids from school or or just they're done for the day. I'll take them with us and they reach their limits. So I'll take them home. And uh, so I'll just, like, make shepherd's pie or something like that and then leave it just have a I don't know what you call it trivet something I can't remember what it's called but they put it in between and it just keeps it warm so it's like right. perfect because I just leave it there and then it's warm for whenever the guys get back and they have a nice. hot supper perfect I need perfect. one of those for camp we're heading up this weekend and uh we we have the the old fire cook stove but oh yeah Sometimes it's, the oven gets a little toasty, depending on the. Yeah, <laughs> depending yeah on that's the, the only downside. That's yeah. the only downside is if like you got to get it hot enough to cook, but then everyone's like dripping and sweat inside. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true too. That's what it's like uh, sleeping up at April's parents' place. My wife April, another panoramic yeah. member here. She the wood stove. She grew up in that house with her, with her parents, and uh, yeah, when we go up there, she's loading her up, and it's hot. She always starts eating there, and April's just not even sweating. The rest of us are dying, but yeah, she's oh, man. she loves it. That wood stove heat is just a different heat too, warming your bones up. Oh, yeah, it's, it's nice for twenty yeah. minutes, and then it can go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, well, yeah, I guess I'm kind of the same. I always have it pretty warm in there, but. I love I it too. We got to dry everything out because usually we're out in the snow or whatever, and then got to get everything dried off. So carry yeah. on tomorrow. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heck yeah. I um, can't count how many boots I've melted by the wood stove though. That's the <laughs> one. Like I yeah. Probably a closet full of boots that have just been absolutely warped or deformed or flat out burned yeah yeah, Heck yeah. yeah I, think no, I have a problem with his socks socks now. Yeah. Like he's, he's, especially my heli socks for work they get anywhere near a heat source and all of a sudden whatever's in the fabric there's plastic obviously in it and it just melts and all of a sudden you're walking on a hockey puck and it's just yeah it's like I turns like socks a on the ear yeah 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 you were um you were talking about bear hunting with dogs with hounds yeah yeah that is just something that's so crazy to me i obviously i've only ever heard of it with cats like big cats in, yep. Alberta. in, in bc here they, they treat cats i've never heard of bear hunting with dogs before yeah and those are hounds so probably similar to what they're using for cats but how, how does yep, that how, how does that work i guess i don't even know really where to start with that like so you guys have <laughs> your own hounds multiple yep. yeah yeah yeah. Is it is it the same principles, cats? I guess I'll just let you kind of yeah, take us thing. through it a little bit. Yes, yeah, same things. We have the same like our dogs have been out to Montana. They've treed cats and are like mountain mm-hmm. lions and um yeah, same thing. So we're we're allowed to bait, so we can run off uh, a bait. So usually it just kind of keeps 
it helps us just kind of keep centralized to where we want to be running. Um, we're on Crown lands, so uh, we try to just kind of pick where we're not going to run into any private land issues. Um, but yeah, so we'll, if we're training puppies, we'll have like a trail camera up with the bait, and then we can see what time the bear was at. It just helps us keep get the puppies going because then we know like, mm -hmm. hey, it was here at eight o'clock. It was here at eight, and then we know that we can get them started. And um, it's just working with the dogs is the fun part. It's like it's not even really about the bear hunting. It's just kind of seeing the dogs work and in their element. With the older dogs, we'll usually just drive around and they call it rigging. So they'll just mm -hmm. have their head in the dog box and they'll smell a scent. Not every dog's good at it. Um, they'll smell the scent of the bear if it crossed, or they'll wind it. They'll uh, they'll smell it coming from a direction. And then all of a sudden they'll boo, and then you know it's time. <laughs> the, the box will light up, and you know it's uh, hopefully a bear. You'll get some dogs that'll like be trashy. Uh, ours are pretty good, but our, our lead dog still loves fishers. He loves the smell of a fisher. So, um, yeah, we broke him off that for the most part. But when he was a puppy, he would, yeah, he'd treat a couple fisher on us, and then we'd have to give him trouble and like, no, wrong thing. <laughs> but yeah. Um, no, he, they, yeah, so then they'll, uh, we'll let them out and they'll grind the track and cold trail it. Mm -hmm. That's what they call it. So it's just an older track that they'll follow for a long time and then they'll jump it is wherever that bear was kind of laid up or hanging out when it heard the dogs coming. So then all of a sudden that scent is really strong to them and then they'll just let loose and, you know, you're, you got a race going and yeah. hopefully treat it and. Yeah, sometimes they won't tree. Sometimes they'll walk on the ground and the dogs will kind of like walk with it and just bark at it. And then you kind of have to like get in front of it, kind of gauge if you're, if that's a bear you're going to shoot or call the dogs off. And yeah, mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. Um, call, call, calling dogs off a bear, is that an easy task? If it's uh, a, so they all a have like a Garmin, uh, so they all have like a Garmin tracking collar. So we okay. train them off the go to be tone, tone broke. So it's like a beep on their collar. Mm -hmm. And they, so they'll know to come back. Some dogs are easier than others to get them mm -hmm. off, but ours are all really good. Um, they know that that's like no go. So they, mm -hmm. they'll be a little hesitant because that's just, they're like, oh, we finally caught it. And now we can <laughs> go, but no, they're all really good for that. They give you the old look. Are you sure? Because yeah, we just like, worked with this dang thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so tree and bears yeah. just like just like cats. That's that's yeah. I think cool. I haven't personally been on a cat hunt, so I can't say. But mm -hmm. with like, all of our friends, it's the same line of dogs. They'll, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the bear races are usually a lot longer. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes they'll go for eight hours. Um, Holy smokes! Yeah, or longer. Oh, wow. Like my husband's like had to get dogs back. Like. 24 mm -hmm. hours just trying to catch up with them because you're constantly they sometimes will move so fast that like you're constantly trying to get around and get on trails to like get in front of them mm -hmm. or at least just make sure you're staying with them to keep contact on the gps and if you just don't want to lose contact because that's how you keep them safe yeah and that's the ultimate thing is to keep the dog safe make sure they're not gonna end up on private land where they're not supposed to go or anywhere mm -hmm. like that so you're just you're always keeping tabs on them so you're constantly trying to get around and where we are it's so much crown land and just wilderness that you you really have to know where you are and get around mm -hmm. and but yeah that's kind of just the ultimate goal is keeping up with them and just making sure they're safe that's cool 
it's pretty badass. Yeah. We have a uh, we have bird dogs, Tristan and I, and, uh, oh, cool. and April. April has the uh, tried and true bell on Rosie, yeah. that, but she gets a little bit ahead of it too. So we're actually in the market for a new Garmin collar as well. We've yeah. been looking at a couple, and yeah, she's yeah she's pretty interested in that. She wow, people steal dogs and stuff. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you just want to know where she's at. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, they're worth they're worth their weight in gold. We go through mm -hmm. uh, like W hunting supply. Um, they're really awesome to deal with. Um, done some like art and stuff for them, but yeah, they're it's so nice to just be able to know like what they're doing and if they're safe. And you learn how to kind of mm -hmm. read the GPS a little bit and know what's kind of going on. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, when I first the first time I ever went out with hounds was with a friend, and they had like an old beep system, which is like this like. Look like an antenna clothesline thing <laughs> that they held in their hand and they'd kind of like wave it around and it would be like beep closer together when the dogs were in that direction and like yeah man it would be a completely different way of hunting compared to the technology that we use now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you can pretty much yeah. find your dog with a satellite nowadays <laughs> yeah yeah exactly mm -hmm. and uh yeah i had the same thought just like it seems like the main objective would be just keeping up to those dogs chasing just a, uh, a bear like that. Um, yeah. how many, how many dogs do you have total? Um, right now, like, so we're constantly, not constantly, we'll have like, we're constantly training puppies. Um, mm. so we're kind of just trying to like, my husband's really big into, um, like trying to create the better, a better hound. Like that's, that's his goal. And I'm a puppy helper trainer. <laughs> dog cuddler helper <laughs> i guess <laughs> uh he's like the mastermind behind the the, the breeding stuff because that's just how his brain works but yeah so he just we have gooch jack or not jack uh thor which is his son and then lady was the mom and then we've had puppies off of them and they've gone to kind of friends and family and there's some out in montana and yeah so there's like, and then we have Moose, who's like a different uh, line of dog from Montana. So mm -hmm. four plus puppies. Sounds busy. Math is not an easy uh, <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> like I can't a, imagine. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, we have like our four, our four main adult dogs, and then the puppies are. They will train them up, and then let them go to friends and other people that we know hunt well or hunt hard with them, and and the moose hunting there is that something you've been doing a long time or is that a newer thing since you've been out at the the cabin or like tell us about that a little bit um so when did i start uh, i guess i started when i want to say like eight years ago so we apply through the draw system and we go up we have moose where we are but i can't get a tag there you can but you need like 20 points so like you need either a really big group or just wait a really long time and I'm not mm. that patient so and I guess I don't have that many friends <laughs> so we go we go all the way up to northern Ontario like kind of my Manitoba border actually mm -hmm. in the shield um, Ontario yeah so we're like up near Ear Falls and uh, I guess I started I want to say it's the first time like eight years ago and we shot the first year we didn't get anything we're just kind of figuring stuff out Second year, shot a, a good bull. Yeah, and then I shot a smaller one last year. But that was, yeah. I don't know. I think I've been up there four times. Four times. Yeah. Like yeah. Moose but is I've around. I really like moose. I just kind of, I play with them. 
like where we are because there's so many like not so many but there's enough that I can like I don't know I'll go out and call them just for fun just to learn and I'll through the wind we hunt in the late season so we always go up like December beginning of December mm -hmm. so like I'll kind of just figure them out in the cold cold months and kind of figure out what they're doing because it helps when we go up there and yeah I just kind of any excuse to get out in the bush really <laughs> still yeah. walk what was it like in the the first moose there because like I mean I can very clearly remember what ours was like and there was like a mix of like excitement bewilderment like confusion uh, <laughs> like, little, if, yeah we were ecstatic we were like yeah it was there was a little bit of everything in there but uh what was your experience like because uh, to me like the moose is probably like you mean shy of shooting a polar bear um mm. which one of our guests has done before um you like there's not much bigger than a moose in in canada right yeah um honestly it was a lot of dumb luck <laughs> like i didn't <laughs> it wasn't a lot of skill i don't think that went into that one um uh, we were just kind of like we were in the right spots we were doing the right things but it just it was just there <laughs> it's just yeah. this great big moose at like 150 yards and yeah shot it and it died and I was like holy shit <laughs> like this just happened <laughs> but did you yeah. did you believe your eyes when you saw it the first time no I like yeah. I thought it I didn't I was just like I think I started yelling in excitement <laughs> I thought I was gonna cry but then I, I'm not really a crier so that I just kind of more that, that passed <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of confusing emotions all at once. Yeah, there's a lot. There, it was a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd say like that was the biggest bull. Like, I don't know. It was, it was over 50 inches, which is like good for Ontario. But last year's bull was is pretty small, but it was just like the best hunt out of yeah. It was just, it's what, definitely what? the most I'm most proud of that one, I guess. Heck yeah. Okay, we'll just leave it right there and not talk about that any further. So on to the next. <laughs> Come on, you gotta tell us what made it the best time. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it was just kind of like a shit show right out the gate when we went on this hunt. It was kind of we had a few new people in our group, um, which was awesome. We had like the best group of people, but we didn't even make it to where we were going and the truck broke down. Like I think we were like seven hours from our destination. So this was like a whole thing. The transmission blew apart. Holy! We had to two of the we left two of the guys to sit in the. Uh, well, my husband and our buddy sat in the. There was like this little rest stop thing with a bathroom, and they just hung out there and drank basically <laughs> till they got picked up later. <laughs> they just sat there for I don't even know. It must have been twelve hours, and then we find we had to like leapfrog to get to where we we're going so we got I don't know we had to like get a U-Haul or rental and it was like this whole ordeal I don't even know we, we finally get there and then the next day we were, had to wait on parts so we we're like whatever let's go hunting that's what we're here for so we all cram in the other truck which was not meant for six well five guys big guys and me so I'm like just stuck there like they just kind of tossed me into the middle and I'm like and we had all our like equipment or, or gear and stuff because it was stupid cold that week. Um, anyways, we get 
find, we find the moose, we figure out like where they're at and what area. So I go, okay. And then Tuesday, the parts come in. So then it was just down to three, four of us, four of us to go out and keep hunting. Um, it was minus 35 that morning. I think it was Wednesday. It was minus 35. And we're like, we're all at snowmobiles. So we're like, okay, well, let's split up for a few hours. Everyone kind of do their own thing. And we'll meet back at noon, make sure everybody's good, warm. If anyone needs to warm up, then we'll warm up the truck or whatever. Um, so we all split up. I go off by myself and I knew the moose were like the bull. There was a group of five moose and there was two big bulls that were hanging in, in this one spot. And I knew they funneled through this one area. And I was like, I was infatuated with it. They made fun of me because they're like, you haven't moved. Like, this is where you, like, I just kept going in this hole and like, just obsessed with figuring out where they went. And I'd like find their how many, track. how many times have you seen this spot before? Or is this just some spot you stumble across? Or have you, did you see we this? Kind of, lead? We kind of hunt the same area every year, but there's like a couple spots and it just depends where, because they herd up in the winter, the bulls, and then there'll be like a group of however many just roaming around and feeding and then laying down. And so that night before, we were kind of pushing i kind of left forgot that part we were pushing the one section that we saw fresh tracks going into so my husband was walking down and we like the other guys were kind of lined up on the one open area on the cut and i like was way out there and they were like why were like no like you gotta be like you could tell they were kind of like you gotta be up further like there's too much of a gap and i'm like no like this is the funnel. This is where they're going. And I was like, just dead set on this. So I stood there till dark and everyone was getting cold. So they kind of all went back to the truck like a little bit before light and they were coming to get me. And I'm like radioing them. Like, don't come here. Just stay where you are. <laughs> they're like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like giving them shit for it. And they're like, well, we're just, we, they figured I was cold and it was freaking cold, but I was like, no, like they're coming. I can, and I swore I heard one. I heard like the, a branch snap and then but I wasn't sure. And then sure enough, like 10 minutes later, right before dark, I heard another one. I was like, Hey, like they're right here. They're a hundred yards from me in this brush. And I just can't see them. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Next morning, as soon as like we split up, I went to go check. Sure. Shit. They, the four of them came out right to where I was. And one came up, I think it was a cow track though, came up and checked out like right where I was standing. And then just like meandered back like oh you buggers like you're you're there <laughs> so i just like so that's where i went the next morning it was like crazy cold um so i went up and i was already cold within 20 minutes being on the snowmobile i was like ah, okay i gotta warm up so i went for a walk which is like a sh short hike up the hill so i could see and kind of glass and see what i could see and then i didn't see any fresh tracks coming out the one side so i was like okay well they must be still over on this side and i kind of did like a, a loop to check the area like to see if they'd come out in any other direction i was like nope they're still here they're still right here i just can't see them because it's so thick like i don't know what it's like where you guys are but like there's no like see like if you shoot 250 yards like that's like as far as you can see like there's there's no seeing for miles in most scenarios where we're hunting um but anyways, I get back to the snowmobile and I just like take my coat off and stuff to get the sweat off. So I'm not going to freeze to death. And I look up and then three of them come running across the cut. I'm like, 
here they are. <laughs> and so anyways, how, like, how far? At that point, there were like 400 yards. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's far. But I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to run up there and like get closer without them seeing me. Cause I was uphill and coming downhill. I'm like, my best bet is to hopefully they'll come closer and I can take a shot. But anyway, so I put them in my scope and just kind of checking out, like making sure one was a bull and the third one was a bull. I'm like, okay, like we aren't too, we've made the mistake in the past of letting go, like passing on smaller bulls just because we want to just keep hunting. And then we regret that. So <laughs> it's like, nope, not going to do that this year. Um, so yeah, uh, I got ready, got rested, got calm, talked myself down, I was shaking quite a bit. And I was like, Kate, like, you're fine. You can shoot like plenty far. I had sighted in for 350. So I was like, I know I'm good. Um, so once they got to like around the 350 mark, I just, yeah, I let one go. And that was that. He, well, not that was that. So it was so cold that he didn't, it didn't bleed. It just, it froze, right? Like the blood froze to the side of him. We assume because he went like, not, not very far, less than a hundred yards. And that's where we found him, but there was like zero blood trail. So I called, we, I called my friend or the one guy and he came over and luckily he's got hawk eyes. So he, like, he found like a speck of blood, mm. like, geez. So I started getting worried. I'm like, oh no, like, like, no, like I I'm confident in my shot. I know I didn't screw this up, <laughs> but, uh, he's like, no. And then we walked a little bit further and we saw, felt, saw where it crashed, fell over. I'm like, okay, that's a good sign. Let's just wait. And we backed out for over an hour. And just waited it out and then we started uh tracking it again and we couldn't find it as soon as we got into the thick stuff there was just tracks everywhere so you couldn't figure out which direction it went to see like there's no way so i started i used my uh, eye hunter app thing and marked it and then just started cauliflowering around it until like the outside of it finding any exit track that i could and if I found an exit track, I'd mark it, walk it. If it didn't go anywhere, I'd walk it back. And it must've took us a couple hours to find it. But anyways, a couple, a couple guys were getting kind of frustrated because they couldn't find it and they're like, couldn't understand why there was no blood. I think that like everyone was kind of starting to doubt like what happened at this point. And then same thing. So I went back the other way, cauliflowered around and then I was standing there and I found like where he crashed again and all the brush was smashed and there was hair everywhere. And I'm like, oh man. So I radioed to tell them and I look over and it's literally beside me, like five feet from me. And I didn't even see it. It was so thick. So I get on the radio and just start yelling, like, like bowl down, it's down. Everyone started cheering and excited. And yeah, but I shot it in the lung. It just... That was that, but it was cool because it was the first moose I'd been on, like by myself, and I had to kind of talk my way through it all, and it was fun. I have so many questions. Okay, I'm so bad at telling stories. Like I get, no. I get so con like lost in my train of thought. No, I've got, I'm exist. going up to deer camp next weekend to fix it up a bit, and you're invited to go come <laughs> tell stories. As a matter of fact. Oh no. So if you can make That's your way out to That's yeah. why I like I've avoided podcasts because I'm just so bad at like rambling. No, yeah, I love it. Absolutely not. I was engaged. That's why I'm <laughs> okay. waiting for the questions here. 
Okay. First of all, I just want to acknowledge that you just cold dusted a moose at 350 yards. No problem. That's <laughs> yeah. like not, that's not nothing. Let's, uh, let's point that out. <laughs> yeah. No fucking kidding. I would have been screaming and like, I probably would have tried to rip my jacket off in some manner if I had done that. <laughs> some sort of E-man. Yeah. Yeah. Minus 35. Yeah. Jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. Um, but uh, what what caliber rifle or what, what rifle were you shooting? So this Can is I... a little controversial. Some people didn't like this, but I was so my my husband had sold his three hundred to one of the other guys that was coming on the trip. We forgot yeah. it. They forgot it. So the other guy didn't have his other gun, and I brought my three hundred mag, uh, the Thompson Center, and that's what I would plan to use. But I had also brought my twenty five on six, my Tika that I had just bought and. So I was like, well, whatever, you can take my 300. And I, so that I used my 25 odd six to. That's shoot. incredible. Yeah. That's... I had to be sure of that shot that we'll say that's, that. That's... Well, no <laughs> kidding. And you still stoned it. Cause I've shot moose and they, well, most of our moose have been like, haven't gone too, too far, but like, I've heard of other stories where like they just keep trucking. So the fact oh, that like a hundred yards in and that thing piled up. What did the lungs look like? Did they turn into like spaghetti or something like that? That bullet was probably zipping when it hit the moose, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, they were like the. So I think I, I hit one because it was like quartering. Okay. The, but it was pretty like blown apart. Yeah, yeah. That's probably. a that's a lot of gun. It's wasn't, enough gun to wasn't feeling too good. Um, and then you mentioned eye hunter. I'm so glad you did because we use it too. But you mentioned <laughs> so our. Our buddy Dell, who was trying to find a deer that he downed, was where he has eye hunter too, and we're telling him like, "Yeah, use like the we we use like a bit of a spiral method." Um, mm-hmm. But like, I don't know if he used it or not. If he listened to us or if he knew the spiral method even before us. But is the cauliflower like is the cauliflower method like a, a similar method here, or like what what is the cauliflower? I don't know where I got. I might might be an army thing. I okay. can't remember where I got that from, but um, so basically I just marked like this is where our last point of blood or like where I think it was where he fell down and there's like a speck of blood. So I marked that and then I just started doing like big, almost like clover, I guess. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Not a cauliflower, a clover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense probably. Um, and I just started kind of doing like big loops out and then coming back in and I kind of covered one direction and then there was no like exiting bull track or moose track. I just covered everything. Um, I didn't see any signs. So then I started going the other direction into the thicker stuff. And just as soon as I started going the other direction, that's where he was. And like the guys had, cause they were trying to follow the tracks, but it was just yeah. like, I'm sure you've been into like the areas where they're feeding and stuff. And like, you cannot follow a track in there. You cannot tell which way like they go. So you kind of have to get out to where this there there's fresh snow again, and mm-hmm. then find the tracks that are exiting. And then if that doesn't work, then move out further yards and do it again. And then yeah. not giving up. There was no way <laughs> they were getting kind of like, Oh, I don't know. Like this doesn't look good. I'm like, well, I'm not leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Too dang bad. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cold out here. Yeah. Like, 
Well, I found like there was blood and there was like sign that he'd like fallen over multiple times. And I'm like, you don't just fall over <laughs> bleeding no. like for no reason. And I was pretty confident. Like, obviously you have the doubts that run in your mind, like with anything, but I was like, nope, <laughs> like, I'm pretty stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> so I was determined to stick it out and yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, we've been in, even when we elk hunt, we hunt in these like super thick poplar bluffs and where you can barely see your hand sometimes. And it's like, yeah, you can't even like trying to get a good bearing going through that bush. I would say unless you're either adept with a compass, which would be the old school method or using some sort of Mm -hmm. GPS tracking, there's just no way to like make your way through that bush even because I've turned myself around when I've been confident and I've been like, I think I'm going in the right direction. And all of a sudden I see like a tr- a branch that I snapped. I'm like, oh man, you're an idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've done that. I don't know how many times. Even like, I, like I'm very, I feel like I'm very skilled in the bush as far as like, because we like with hound hunting, you're ending up in anywhere. Like you're miles back in the bush or you're, you just end up in the craziest places following the dogs. So I feel like I'm pretty good. But there's times where you're just like, you don't think to check your things. You're like, oh yeah, I'm good. I know where I am. And then all of a sudden you're like going over your track again. Cause it's just so thick. Cause you just, those little slight rights when you're going around something mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're doing a loop. So it's like one of those things a lot of people don't realize or like ever encounter if they're, I don't know, they have a lot of landmarks or you can see more than 10 feet in front of you. Yeah. So it's, it's a different terrain. Yeah. Yeah. And very grateful for those like either apps or whatever that support that. That's for sure. I can say that. Um, yeah. How was it getting the moose up? Were you, were you pumped up a bit? Were you like maybe a little, little cocky, got a little swag to your step now that you'd kind of gone uh, off on your own? Yeah, was, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fun being the only girl in a, in a men's group and shooting the moose. Like, I just, I usually just step back and let that like let them rag on each other or let other people do it. But no, they're all awesome. They're like a great group to be with, and we hunt, we hound hunt with a bunch of them. And they're all kind of. I'm grateful that they are cool with a girl coming because like that's I don't know what it's like where you guys are, but like the men's groups with moose hunting especially is like very old school mm. all that's kind of changing a little bit um in a little bit but <laughs> for the most mm. part like i'm there'd be on multiple groups up there too and i'm the only girl yeah in camp but i'm good with that uh, i'm definitely the lead hunter i would say in my relationship but um brennan i think you're probably lucky if you get invited sometimes no, I, feel I like. get uh my wife kicks my ass at big game hunting <laughs> yeah not afraid to uh to admit it it's you know it's time time thing for me i uh i work a yeah. lot <laughs> so i mean i get out and yeah. talk a big game i'm like oh i'm gonna get a big buck this year nope three by three first one comes out brandon's tagged out <laughs> and uh yeah april puts in <laughs> a lot too. of time she she works very hard for the deer that she shoots and she deserves every accolade and and uh and the like with awesome. with whatever she's killing but we it's it's a mutual thing she does she puts a lot of work in for me like while i'm away working so it's it's uh yeah it's it's a good relationship i shoot the birds she shoots the 
big cool stuff. <laughs> That's <usually laughs> she's she's got a hunting bestie there too, right? She she really does. Yeah, her and Melissa do some pretty amazing stuff. They're the the turkey girls in Manitoba. There, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm just been realizing that there's like more women out there, and there is yeah, friggin' badass. Like, I'm not. I've never been in a group of like women that I felt just I don't know. Like I could just be me in, and then mm-hmm. going to Alaska, I'm like. Oh, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. like, we're all just kind of doing our thing. And yeah, Tana actually, this is not kind of off track, but Tana actually inspired me to kind of start a thing here. So gonna, nice. Yeah, Tana is helping me. And we're going to start a retreat here on Ontario. Oh, it's not the last one, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. That's that's yeah. Badass. I feel like Tana that's Tana be a good person to, to, Oh, she's help awesome. out with that too she was yeah. an incredible guest yeah it's pretty cool yeah. her and adam what they got going on up there i know i'm like look at my little moose this is a massive thing oh their moose are mutants it is absolutely insane seeing some of those pictures like that's not real nope that's just yep another wednesday from them. yeah that's yeah. not normal yeah and that is completely on track i don't know what uh that is, I feel like that's the exciting news that we broke here first at Panoramic Outdoors. Yeah, that's right. We did, actually. <laughs> that is the very first uh, announcement of it. So, you heard it here. Awesome. You heard it here first. <laughs> that's exciting. You'll have to keep yeah, us posted because that sounds like such a great initiative. Mm-hmm. And um, you will most definitely have my wife reaching out to you probably oh, yeah. for, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. awesome. for the painting stuff. Yeah, she was... Uh, Chelsea, you guys are doing Chelsea? Yes, yes, April. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm probably going to talk to her. <laughs> like, yeah, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I, you. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, Brennan, your your three-pointer story reminded me of, uh, and I was going to mention earlier when Chelsea was mentioning regretting not taking a, a moose earlier there, but uh, have you guys ever heard the expression there, the... Uh, Never pass on the first day what you'd shoot on the on the last. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. My, yeah. My uncle used to guide and he would tell all his hunters coming in before they, they hit the stand that little tidbit of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And some guys heated it and or some folks heated it and some folks uh had regret mm-hmm. sometimes too. Amen. When you I'm like not... to eat and you like to shoot, shooting at food just makes sense. And the first one that comes out looks just as good to me yeah. as, the, I mean, as the one. I'm with you. Yep. I'm with you on that. I'm also personally a big fan of trophy night. So like the sooner <laughs> that, that happens into the trip, the uh that usually the happier and more like morale I have. So yeah, that that's just me though. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I like going to trophy night for a couple beers and telling them how I just spanked a three by three small spike that come out of the tree. Good. Yeah, I was done three days in and I got to yeah. burn out the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I might be new. What is what is trophy night? Oh, so trophy night is this very um big and prestigious prestigious <laughs> tradition of whenever someone shoots something in camp, you okay. uh you go back and you proceed to talk about it and retell the same stories that you've told uh, yeah. for the past <laughs> 10 years and okay. uh, and try yeah. to el- eliminate whatever whiskey's in sight at the uh, at the camp yeah. for that okay. for that moment. Okay. 
And yeah. it Definitely almost always it almost always starts the same exact way you started. So it was a shit show. Yeah. And, uh, you you guys weren't there, but I was. <laughs> like that's, that's exactly how it all starts. So on my I got that part right. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. But I love I love every minute of it. I love every minute. Um Chelsea, one I I don't know if this would be um surprising but i think the reason i started following you like like three years ago or so was uh i saw was it a big black greenhouse is that yeah is that yours yeah it was yeah at the last yeah. house yeah. oh that's when the algorithm used to be good i feel like and it was I like know. yeah so you could follow yeah. people that weren't being paid to promote shit and stuff like that and i was like that thing is cool does your does your new place have a a, a greenhouse or did that kind of no. go by the wayside no not no. yet we're, we're starting to kind of build one but uh yeah just haven't quite committed to it that was kind of the era of babies when i just oh. needed to like i had to be at home and they're napping and i would just kind of like scrounge up like free junk wood and stuff and build stuff with it so that was just kind of what came of it yeah. So I started stockpiling windows after that because it was going to be, really. yeah. But then like <laughs> the windows fell over in the winter and like glass shards just like covered my, my yard. Yeah. So now, now the windows have been put on pause. Um, but yeah, I would still love to do some sort of vision of that or, or something like, I think you touch base with Birch Acres once in a while there too. Like they yeah. just got like a really cool property too. And so, oh, yeah. Yeah, my partner, awesome. yeah, my partner's always sending me stuff from Birch Acres. Well, yes, I know it's so cool. I wish we, <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a giant greenhouse like that too. But yeah. we also don't want to spend any money on it. So, like that's exactly. the that's the crux. So, most of my the stuff for that came from the dump. To be totally honest, I just like oh. they have like a wood pile and then just a bunch of free shit. So I would just kind of load my truck up instead of empty it at the dump and. Just... <laughs> building stuff <laughs> yeah my husband yeah. hated when i'd go to the dump and come back with more <laughs> yeah oh that's good yeah a bunch of stuff out of it and so that was at the old house yeah oh geez yeah i had to leave that all behind but we still got a garden yeah just kind of working on it but i'd like to build a greenhouse but um just limited sunlight where we are just because we're mm -hmm. right in the bush and there's not there's a lot of big pines so yeah mm -hmm. kind of it takes some extra planning to figure out where to put that yeah so i feel like the next logical step is to get like a mill and you can just make your own number and then you all you have to do is source the glass somehow yeah well my husband's guy and got that under control he's He's like a mastermind building things, like a mad scientist in his shop. And he just, I don't know, he's literally building a mill from nothing and all this other stuff. I couldn't even tell you what it is. It just looks insane to me. But anyways, he's building a mill and he's been using our friend's mill to like mill wood. And yeah, he's quite the handy individual. That's Heck awesome. Yeah. I have no idea how to make glass, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can feel learn. Like... <laughs> I feel like that'd be a whole nother level. Oh, I'm God. sure oh, I could man. ask him. You'd probably find a way, but 
just start planting the seed hey yeah. it'd be really cool to make glass one day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the other large part of your life they're painting like uh, i think a lot of people probably follow just for the 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 art and stuff like that yeah. um like the first thing that pops into my mind when i i look at it is like i feel like there's like this cliche of artists always wanting to retreat to like solitude to find their their inspiration <laughs> but you're kind of like living a 24 set like or like you're you're kind of like in like the the cliche environment already in some ways like is that yeah. does that contribute to it or like what's that like painting um, in your in your in your cabin and stuff like that i think it's it kind of distraction because it's like unless it's pouring rain i don't want to be sitting in there painting right it's, like, it's an old dark like gloomy cabin sometimes when there's no lights on and it's just like okay i want to go outside now but if i've tried painting outside but i'm sure your mosquitoes and bug season uh, oh yeah ruthless mm -hmm. so i mean maybe i could trademark that and be like the canadian yeah. like have the mosquitoes in the paint kind of thing but <laughs> Yeah. I don't think it's well. Canadian. Yeah. That's, that's a real blood splatter on right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's my blood. <laughs> Half the uh, sky is just rapid brush strokes and you swatting yeah. away bugs. Yeah. Oh, I've literally I paint myself because I'm swatting bugs. Like I was trying to take like a video of me painting for like the Instagram or whatever. And I'm like, it's just me. It looks like I'm like, like orchestrating an orchestra or whatever you call that. Like with the with the maestro. Yeah, the maestro. <laughs> I'm like swatting bugs, and I got paint all over my face and everywhere. But yeah, no, I, I, I guess I, I'm kind of typical like recluse in that way. But I'm just like, I'm specific and picky, I guess, with what I do. Like, I'm not very good at going out with like events or like. If friends invite me to go to like somewhere in the city or something like that I'm like ah oh, maybe and then they'll like they'll be like oh you wanna I shot a bear and I can't find it do you want to go help find it like yep I'll be there like <laughs> I'm just, I don't know I guess I'm kind of a recluse that way but I don't know if it really I guess I just paint what I what I know so I paint a lot of hounds a lot of wildlife um Okay, yeah, that that was gonna be my next question. Is like, how do you decide what you you want to paint? Because it's not all, it's not like flowers in a vase kind of <laughs> stuff going on here. Like, what? How do you what? How would you describe your like painting style? I guess is what I we don't we don't get a lot of painters on the podcast to be transparent. No. <laughs> so I'm really interested in this though. Like, like how how would you describe your own style? Um, I think I've kind of like, I've always been a loved looking through the old hunting magazines and seeing all the artwork in there, like all the like really vintage looking uh, pieces. And I think I've kind of just slowly gone that direction. I've had a lot of people like say like, oh, that looks like, like a real vintage hound piece or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I did a magazine covers for bear hunting magazine and that was those those were a big hit because it was like kind of taking back to that like old school art that's on covers and stuff. So I think mm -hmm. that's kind of where I like to be. Um, but I do a lot of um, like commissions because hounds like you can paint hounds, but nobody wants that somebody else's hounds. They want their hounds. Like they're very <laughs> well, yeah. oh yeah, that's the wrong breed. Like they're very uh, I don't know. They like their 
their hounds so they don't want your hounds so it's kind of a hard market i guess but i do like i can everybody wants their hounds painted um, it's, like it just seems like i could never open enough spots and just people constantly want them wants their dogs mm. which is awesome because that's what i know um i feel like i wouldn't do as well like i've had some other requests in the past like for horses or not even horses I literally painted a hamster. So just like, <laughs> like I've taken every, like when I first started, I took any commission that would come my way. And, and then finally I was just like, all right, this like, I've had enough painting cats and hamsters and I'm done with that. So like, even if I get no, no more commissions after this, at least I'm painting what I love. Um, and then I just kind of, took off from there so yeah I paint a lot of a lot of hounds mostly to be honest and I'm like yeah. I like to get like wildlife and stuff um I did some Ducks Unlimited actually invited me to um submit some artwork for their national art pa package which was kind of a big oh, thing cool. so I did some uh, artwork for them and submitted so fingers crossed and I mean just to be invited was like yeah who what <laughs> are you That's sure so, cool. so, so yeah. their national art thing is that uh you know you see the paintings in like for charity you know you'll yeah see, i think that's what it is front and yeah. you put the, the bin yeah. and yeah yeah like, i think oh, that's, that's what that's it cool. is they use them for like so they'll they buy the rights to the painting and then they print yeah. as many prints as they want yep. and then they'll put them in like for their uh, charity events or yeah or whatever, for their events in general yeah. yeah yeah just to raise yeah. money so that would be pretty cool. So fingers crossed, but I'm just excited to be invited. That's that's I really think... awesome. I, I remember the Ducks Unlimited from like as a kid growing up and they were very like homey photos of like cabins in the woods and stuff. But yeah. over the years, especially recently, you start seeing newer artists being featured and, and mm -hmm. like cooler different kinds of paintings. So yeah, yeah. your stuff would definitely fit in with that and they're kind of Yeah, they've been pretty diverse. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, they have a lot of different artists in there, and some of them are mm -hmm. pretty pretty cool. That's a that's a pretty cool like uh, what would I say that like that's a that's a heritage thing that most of us small town Canadians can kind of relate to. Is yeah, the Ducks Unlimited painting. So the fact that you're yeah. you're in with them doing those is pretty special, and it probably yeah, resonates with a lot cool. of our listeners because a lot of our listeners would be of the same age group or even older. Yeah, that remember the Ducks Unlimited stuff. So that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I got a du muley painting or print sitting i'm looking at in my basement right now so awesome. that, uh, yeah yeah but yeah i was gonna say too like i feel chelsea like um a lot of the stuff i see that you you work on or paint could be like on the like anywhere like on the uh shotgun shell like box or something like that like all these mm -hmm. just like you said they see they really seem to hearken to like like that epic scene or that like that moment in the in the hunt that every kind of hunter kind of like aspires to like you that's mm -hmm. the one that's in your mind and singe in your brain i i can think even of a few at a few points with my setter this fall already that are just singed in my brain because he still needs to learn how to slow down but like when he locked on and like and that bird like blew up right in front of me 20 yards away like that's i'll never forget yeah. I, I know what the the color of the fucking tree was 10 yards behind them <laughs> Like that was so cool. So, yeah. like, and when I look at your art, like that's what I feel. Like that's those those are like those images that just like stick with you in some ways. Mm -hmm. 
that's not a question i guess that's more of a comment but, uh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome yeah. i did i did have a question kind of about the painting though um on the website you're self-taught like that's that blows my mind like obviously you had a raw talent to begin with. how did you discover like painting like, how was that did you paint one day and be like i'm fucking good at this <laughs> like was that was that how it went because like self-taught painters you know you're in some pretty cool company with self-taught famous painters and like not not very many of them are self-taught so how, how did that come about for you i don't know i just kind of started just i like painting i painted a moose the first time and i was like oh wow it looks like a moose that's good and i just kind of went on from kept going from there and i painted every night that was kind of just like my relaxing time after the kids finally went to bed and um, my husband would kind of put the kids help me with the kids and that was just my time at night uh, that's what I did every night for well six mm -hmm. years I think seven or eight years now and that was just how I I don't know just if you practice something and you like it enough then you're gonna get better yeah, and that's, that's just kind of how I've approached it that's pretty awesome you, you look at your work and it's just like fuck some people are so damn talented <laughs> I know <laughs> I said I was going to start learning the guitar, and I, I know that's another lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah, I'm not musically inclined whatsoever. I think I am, but I'm not. Uh, Chelsea, we're um, we're coming up on kind of ninety minutes here, so we've been pushing our luck so far. But uh, <laughs> I, I did want to hear about the Alaska trip a little bit more, but maybe um, it always it seems to be this way with her our storytellers that sometimes we have to save some for for another time or another session um before we go though like where can folks get in touch with you or like if someone was interested in uh commissioning a painting or finding out more about your your kind of upcoming work with like some of the the guided tours or uh whatever they might look like uh where, where can folks get a hold of you yeah um so my website is just chelseahanslerart.com and same thing on Instagram, Chelsea Hansler Art. Um, and my email's the same, Chelsea Hansler Art at hotmail.com. So um, I'm pretty good at answering messages on Instagram, um, usually within a day or two, just depends if I'm in an out of service. But yeah, um, definitely for like painting inquiries or, or like something that you really need to like, email's the best. Um, and you mm -hmm. can get that through my website too. Sometimes things get lost in the messages on the Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. We we're definitely there too. We kind of employ the the hybrid model as well. We're uh we're trying to sift back is like, did I get an email about that or did I send a, a message over <laughs> Instagram? So yeah. It 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 can be easy sometimes to do it over Instagram, but then sometimes you're double checking all that stuff too. So Yeah, sometimes it gets lost and yeah. So Instagram or uh, emails the best way for like inquiries for paintings or the retreats and mm -hmm. yeah but mostly on instagram for other stuff Heck yeah. perfect well we'll just do some final thoughts here to round out the podcast before we say goodbye but like uh maybe i'll lead off but like uh chelsea like a lot of gratitude for you coming on and sharing not just your stories but like Ask, like we obviously talked a lot about your life today and, and things like that and it was just, it, it was honestly a pleasure to be to hear about because like brendan said at the front end i feel like a lot of people daydream about what you and your your husband kind of have accomplished here but to get like the 
behind the scenes look and then also like just like the real humble approach that you've both taken to it like it's it's very cool to be a part of and i know that you've probably had to work a little harder at getting on our podcast than a few of our other guests so I, i'll thank you for making time and effort for uh for connecting with us so thanks for no that problem. i appreciate you guys uh willing to hear my ramblings so no that's perfect that's that's exactly what we <laughs> Uh, Brandon, did you have any any final uh, thoughts? No. There? Speaking of ramblings, I'll just apologize in advance for April's aggressive ramblings that are inevitably coming to you for uh, for paintings. No, that's It's an endearing quality she has. She'll, uh, <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we can yeah. ramble back and forth. It'll oh, be great. <laughs> she, yeah, she'll love it. She'll love it. And, <laughs> and thank you again for for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, any final things on your side there, Chelsea, or uh, all good? No, I think we're good. Okay, Thanks. awesome. And uh, yeah, so hope everyone enjoyed listening to this one. I know we did. So, uh, and we'll see you down the road, hopefully. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. And that's the end of 163. Again, huge thank you to Chelsea for coming on. I know it was work for her to get on or like more planning than most folks so we were super excited to have her on so and don't be shy to reach out to her for any of that the either the art commissions or stuff like that because she was just such a pleasure to talk to so that was that was fantastic brennan we uh we're looking at a few updates in the store here yeah so recently with the uh, upcoming rifle season we have a fresh stock of our blaze orange uh, hats, two different styles. We actually extended the Pharaoh, our archery line from the fall there, um, into the uh, Blaze Orange hats. We also have the classic uh, Moose logo hat uh, in Blaze Orange. And then we have two different toques available, fully stocked up, ready for you guys, uh, for your needs in, in rifle season. Don't get uh, don't get caught out in the field without your Blaze Orange on. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good that's lesson. A little, little callback, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if... Uh... Folks are heading a field. We'll wish you luck out there. It's, it seems like it's getting to that point of the year where like all cylinders are firing. So hopefully you're, you've found some success already or like are on the doorstep of success. Um, whatever that looks like for you. And again, thanks for listening. We, uh, we appreciate you spending time with us. And uh, good luck in the field. <laughs> <laughs>